0: welcome to friday breakfast with phil and kirsty part of the future positive podcast powered by capitalize in this bite-sized weekly episode of the future positive podcast we will take you through all the key stories of the week that are impacting small businesses and their trusted advisors i'm your host phil hopton head head of customer education and engagement um, at Capitalize. I think I get that bit right, right? And as always, I'm joined by Kirsty McGregor, founder of the Corporate Finance Network and Capitalize's very own accountant in residence. Good afternoon, Kirsty. How are you?
1: I am an accountant in residence in residence today. I am in the Capitalize's offices. You are. And you uh, aren't. <laughs> I know. <laughs>
0: I mean there's, I'll let uh, you uh, on. there's a degree of irony on that um but yes no you're ab- absolutely you're in our London office and I uh and I can't speak for some reason today I think um a day of uh of of kind of um some training courses with our our clients have have rendered me virtually uh in a in unable see I did it again <laughs> Did you know what I'm just going to give up and I'm just going to say Kirsty over to you for our first story of the week
1: take it away okay so uh, thank you Phil yes well we've got a podcast first coming up at the end but for now the first story I'm going to start with and we will link all of these news stories in the show notes if you haven't read them and you'd like to uh, but the first one is a BBC article which Although we know in the press, we've been talking about this already on the podcast and, and it's been all over the press and the media and uh, the impact of the rising cost of energy, this has got a slightly different angle to this story in that it isn't just the cost to consumers that's a problem of course, it's the cost to businesses as well, especially when the fixed rate tariffs will come to an end uh, for businesses and um, they're at the stage where they're having to really start passing on increased costs to customers. And what's happened this week is that five of the business groups, the major business groups in the country, so the CBI, the Institute of Directors, Make UK, that Look After Manufacturers, British Chambers of Commerce and the FSB have all come together to write to the government saying we need to do something about this. It's really affecting businesses as well as consumers. And of course, the consumer cap is there to protect consumers. There is nothing similar for businesses. So the... the, um, these bodies are saying in particular certain industries are really struggling that are energy intensive industries, such as steel and ceramics and glass makers, they mention, and these are also industries where we export a lot, so they need to be able to compete internationally. I heard this morning on on the, on the radio as well that the price of oil has gone up to ninety dollars a barrel today, and, and that's because of continuing supply pressures and the worry of what's going on in the Ukraine and Russia, maybe affecting supply even further. So it's kind of pricing in rises already, and that could increase apparently to one hundred dollars a barrel. So that's shocking state of affairs, and obviously you know compounded by other costs that are, are coming in and increasing for businesses as well. So. Again, we just gotta say go back to cash flows and, and try and wherever possible just prepare your businesses to be able to come um, with this. Pretty it's pretty tricky. It's interesting time. though,
0: right? You say about a hundred dollars a barrel. And what always amazes me is we've been at a hundred dollars a barrel and above before, and fuel and energy prices were a lot lower then. So it seems it's to me quite often it seems like it's a case of the energy the energy companies like like for every every five pound they put the prices up they put it back one regardless of how much the prices roll back and then next time they put up another five and roll it back one and you never you know when oil went down to forty dollars a barrel we didn't see petrol prices falling, or barely going to below like one like one pound right so know, this is a
1: problem isn't it it goes up but it doesn't come back down again um too quickly so yeah this is why i think we're in the position that we're in this time i mean i think we need a a global a global decision on this really isn't it I mean we can't even act in isolation I don't think it's a real political and economic dilemma
0: yeah and and thankfully uh and I say this in the nicest way thankfully one I don't have to solve right because that's a that's a complex series of conversations that yeah. uh, that absolutely I can't solve okay so, higher than our pay grade definitely yes as they say absolutely <laughs> so, so our second story of the week
1: Second story of the week comes from The Guardian. And this one, I think you're going to like this, but I just get a sense that this is going to be your type of story. Um, It's about Elon Musk, in particular Tesla, uh, and their record profits as electric vehicle deliveries soar. I mean, we know they had a difficult 2019 with production issues, but by 2020 and 2021, and the tax advantages and so on helping, and just the awareness of of trying to be more... um, ecological with with our transport that I think Tesla has really come of age now um but this is this is a story not just for you Phil but also for Jack who who is my uh, corporate researcher and Jack has always been I mean he's, he's worked for me for many years now and he's always not, not really loved driving very much and I love driving I drive all over the country um, but he has always been a guy that goes on public transport a lot uh, but He's got a Tesla this summer, and he absolutely loves it. And uh, and I also that I was thinking of him this morning. I was listening to Wake Up to Money um, on the way down here to London, and the one of the um, one of the uh, editors I think on, on the program was saying that his nine year old son knows who Elon Musk is, and he described him as a bit like Iron Man, but without the suit. Long. In other words, he thinks he's a superhero, this Elon Musk, a nine-year-old. And, and that made me just start to think about, is it is Elon Musk part of the success? And is his charismatic um, approach uh, being so forthright in his views and, and also going into other areas like SpaceX and, and other things that are very, uh, you know, the press love, it, it, does that give him more success then in the brand? and um, because um, it's quite interesting, isn't it? How much of a love him or hate him type character Elon Musk is becoming. And we've had a few of those in the past, haven't we? like Steve Jobs,
0: right? Like would Apple be as successful as it was without Steve Jobs at the helm twice? Yeah. I would argue probably not, right? Like, uh, yeah. you know, I have, so like, I think the electric vehicle thing is is interesting. I have a slightly different take on it and and my take on it is just that i I still think that they're not a practical solution not because of the mileage restrictions because of the our country's not set up for this look at where i live right like they said oh you're gonna be able to charge it from lampposts. i've got one lamppost that would service (laughs) eight vehicles outside my house i have a garage but there's absolutely no way i could park it anywhere near it um because it's part of the house and it was designed for when cars were the size of minis yeah so I think there's practical solutions. I think, We're not as, you think as, as you kind of talk about Elon Musk and 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 Tesla on the on the up, it reminds me of a story I read this week about Peloton and how they're on the down and how that kind of spike they got from lockdown and everything there has absolutely impacted has been impacted now by by the kind of world changing I think it probably didn't help with uh you know certain TV characters getting killed off right uh on a Tesla but you know um, on, a, on a Peloton you mean on a Peloton sorry on a Peloton um so it's interesting right that like um Tesla was down Peloton was very much up and now it's very much gone the other way and and those kind of innovative technologies are can be of the moment yeah uh, you know, I, I have very strong opinions about about Tesla's as vehicles um I think they are amazing to, to, in terms of what they can do i just think someone forgot to actually put effort into designing them um as a whole i think they're really boring i
1: think um, they're a bit um they're a bit behind aren't they and i think they're obviously working on the technology rather than the design whereas if you remember uh i mean going back 20 years now i remember people loving the honda cars yeah um, and also the alphas do you remember the alpha guys? oh yeah <laughs> People were obsessed with those because they just thought they had some extra features that the other vehicles didn't have. And I think Tesla would probably, you know, get there. I, I heard something about Tesla that if you shut the boot, you know, the, the water still drips off and things like that. You know, it does. It's, they've not quite sussed not everything out. I, yeah. I just always
0: think if you're going to design a car that has a space age interior and technology, don't make it look like a Ford Mondeo i think that's my issue right and i used to drive monday all right no problem with that but it's just if, if you're gonna make, if you're gonna make a car that's that good a that's crisis. The, yeah. yeah that's why i love the bmw i8 like the bmw i8 looked like something that it, it came out of some kind of philip k dick sci-fi novel it was awesome to look at and it actually was in minority report i think it was with um oh uh,
1: here we go you see i knew we'd get you talking
0: about this <laughs> so, anyway look before we get too far off track and make this 15-minute oh, podcast, an hour long. Let's get to story number three.
1: Story number three. Well, this is our podcast first. So it's an article from City AM where capitalise, feature. But wow. actually, I think we probably got in City AM because Paul Scully also features. And Paul Scully, the Minister for Small Business, has provided a commentary for our uh, latest business report, which has just been published this week, along with a very um, – one scene, never forgotten video of uh, Mr. Motivator and our CEO and founder, Paul and um, Great video. Get on LinkedIn, watch it if you haven't already, and then download the report. Because um, Paul Scully is saying that SMEs are the backbone of the economy, and he's really pleased that according to our survey, this report, they are, they're clearly prioritizing expansion and growth, which he says is crucial for jobs, both in their local area and also for the whole country's economy. So this is about our report, which we polled 500 business leaders from various sizes of businesses all across the UK, and lots of different sectors, and we were asking them how they're coping mentally and physically, and how their relationships, both business and personal, were holding up, and how their financial numbers were shaping up. So it's a very wide-ranging report, and there are some fascinating figures in it, and it makes a really good read. Because I think as well, it's different things for you to think about, and how you may talk to your clients in a slightly different way i think that's what i really think how i think it's going to be really useful for accountants but i'll just give you some of the stats that city covered, and i won't i won't give any more spoilers out you can download the report and read the rest but um they've reported that 75 percent of business leaders did say that it had been an incredibly stressful time for them over the last two years but that they've not hidden that stress from their employees so there's clearly a bit more openness around impact of mental health in the workplace even if it is from the leaders as well as from the team members and the leaders had also recognized the need to de-stress this time and 73% of them had tried something like yoga or meditation for the first time during um, the COVID pandemic so that's really healthy to hear about and um, but they've also recognized as well that they know to create a happier and more productive workforce. It's motivated. They also need to increase investment in and um, in the health and the wellbeing of their team. So 78% of them have done that, which is great, I think, really positive. And again, a more positive thing to, to end on. 75% of them are also optimistic about 2022 and the way the business will be at the end of the year. So go and have a look at that report. Um, it, Nice comments there from Paul Scully after he read it, uh, but also just some real food for thought, I think. The way that I think accountants are going to be talking to their business clients about wider issues than just the numbers, but also the impact of their mental health. And this, of course, is something we talked about a lot during lockdown, and we had webinars on it and support um, in the uh, Leave No Business Behind Hub for, for you talking to clients about their mental health. Um, and also, you know, their team members and, and motivation and productivity and all these things that have an impact on the numbers in the end, but they're not, you're not starting from the point of the numbers. So hopefully a really good read. It's a great looking document. Phil,
0: Yeah, no, it is. And, and there's so, so many good um, little nuggets of information that, that accountants can use with clients and small businesses can can use as well. And yeah, you're right. I, I think those statistics around the amount of businesses that have done more for, uh, for their team's mental health is fantastic what surprises me more is this, that there's still a you know a good qu- almost quarter of businesses that haven't and funny enough as we come on to kind of my story of the week i i ran a, another poll on linkedin this seems to be the the phil's run a poll section on the, of the podcast but this is just looking at um kind of looking at work and looking at hybrid working. Uh, I read a report said HSBC um, and some other big businesses are starting to now pull people back into the office. So I was interested to see what people thought about what would that, would hybrid working, that has been such a staple of the last two years, would that start to fade out or would actually this really truly be the future? And actually like looking at the poll now, 278 votes, and 63% are saying that no actually they think the hybrid working will stay the interesting thing was 8% said if it did change they would look to move jobs and I think I think when when you're looking at retention in 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 accountancy firms and this is something that we've had lots of conversations on we had David Dand on uh last season talking to to us about recruitment we've had various people talk to us about this when you're looking at how do you retain these staff in your business, because we know it's impossible to recruit in this industry, it's really hard to get good staff. So what you need to do is retain. Well, how do you retain? Well, part of that is, make sure that you're looking after your staff and empowering your staff, and and enabling to take on the work and grow. But part of this also is about, you know, looking at what people want. And and people are saying that actually hybrid working now is something that is important. And those life life work balance that we've sometimes struggled with in the past. And you know, I, I speak from experience. And I'm sure it's relevant to, to you as well. Doing super long days because that's what I needed to do. Whilst people are still willing to put that effort in it, it's easier to do 12, 13 hour days if you're if you don't have a two hour commute either side. Yeah. So.
1: Well, I was talking to, you know, you know every, the people that know everything that's going on in the world are taxi drivers, right?
0: Black Always. cab drivers. Always. Black cab. So, anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world, taxi drivers, they know who's doing what to whom and when.
1: Yeah. And they know they do a lot of stuff. And I was speaking to the cab driver this morning and uh, saying to him as it got busier yet in London and because I'm only down in London about once a month. And he was saying, no, absolutely not. It's really quiet. And I said, I know it is. A, I think it is going to be a wholesale change and it's not going to go back. But it's also brought some different advantages because, for example, I wouldn't work with Capitalise as much as I do if I had to be in the office five days a week. It just wouldn't happen. I'm I'm able to do that remotely. You're able to work remotely. We've got the the option of working now with people. We've got people all over the world now, haven't we, working? And so it it allows businesses to um, draw their team from a wider pool, which in time when recruitment is difficult, you it means we not just looking for the local area, yeah. So th- there are pros and cons, aren't there?
0: There are. So like, it's balanced, right? And I think I think now what we've realised is is after everything we've been through, the world needs needs that balance of um, like I will come to the office, but actually also I quite like to work at home a couple of days, or you know I I quite like to have a business that supports me around kind of my mental health and and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and actually, all of
0: this is is what's going to help you retain stuff yeah and
1: amazing. it does depend in the industry i you know an accountant so when you've got trainees they do need a lot more hands-on support and face-to-face oh, is a lot easier so it is it's is about the balance you're
0: right so look uh oh look four great stories and and don't forget to check out um that report and don't forget to check out the video of paul uh certes our ceo um with mr motivator it's truly a thing of uh things aw- never forgotten aw- awesomeness <laughs> um absolutely so for those who need to capitalize uh capitalizing vision is to give small businesses and their advisors transparency and over uh, transparency and control over business finance in one place with our help every small business can see where it stands spot risks it may face and choose the funding that's right fit for them for a more confident future and hopefully Kirsty, when we're back next week i will be able to speak once again um Really? Did that film. Like, <laughs> we uh we we do this podcast in one take uh that is our rule um so so that is how it goes so if more I, authentic Phil <laughs> more authentic so if I flop my lines uh that's just the way it is as always don't forget to rate and review the podcast and of course subscribe to make sure you get the episodes as they arrive hot off the press um and that includes our interview episode and a couple of weeks ago we put out the uh, the Simon Chaplin from the accountants mastermind we've got some great interviews coming up with uh, Dan Cockerton uh Rowan Van Tromp uh, we've just interviewed um Andrew Jordan from connect4 so we've got some great people coming up on those interview podcasts as well for more about the podcast and capitalize check out capitalize.com Thanks for listening, and we will be back next Friday for more key stories across the week. I will also have my teeth back in that point. Thanks for listening. Uh, have a great week. See you later. Bye Bye-bye. bye. bye.